Welcome to the Upside Podcast, powered by Upside Global and hosted by Julian Blinn, founder and CEO of Upside Global. The Upside Podcast is listened to weekly by over 6,000 sports and tech executives from all sports leagues and teams in the United States and around the world. Julian has been developing technologies for professional sports teams for over 10 years and has worked for major tech companies along with sports tech startups. In each episode, Julian interviews global leaders in sports to share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations both on and off the playing field. And now here's your host, Julian Blinn. So today we have the honor to interview Mitch Heath, the co-founder of Teamworks, a leading operating system for sports. So Mitch, welcome to the show. Thank you, Julian. Glad to be here. Great. Well, th- you know, thanks for being here. So Mitch, hey, what I want to talk to you about today is first we'll talk about your background and then the, your company Teamworks. Uh, we'll go over your product uh, as well as we'll talk about the benefits for the teams and the leagues to use your product. And then we'll touch on your business model as well as your plans for the next 12 months. How does it sound? Sure thing. I'm an open book. Let's do it. All right. So could you start by telling me about your background? Yeah, sure. Happy to. So um, I uh, am American by birth, uh, grew up in Virginia, came down to school in North Carolina, and that uh, is where the origin story of Teamworks began. So we started Teamworks out of Duke University, um, really with a simple idea. We looked at Duke's teams, particularly Duke's football team, and saw that they'd recruited players and they had hired tons of experts, spent millions of dollars hiring coaches. Mm -hmm sports scientists, medical professionals, tutors, sports psychologists, so on, to support those athletes. Yeah. But there were no systems in place for those experts to work together. No common communication, no common workflow. They were all operating in their own departmental silos. Mm-hmm. And that caused communication breakdowns, that caused operational inefficiencies, and ultimately that caused unnecessary distraction and stress on the players. Yeah. We, we wanted focused on performing. And so we started with a simple idea of, We've got to connect the sporting organization better than it currently is. It didn't take us long to figure out that if Duke had those problems, there were probably some other teams all around the world who had the same problems. And so started a business from there. Um, When was that? What year was that? The official launch was 2010. So we were working on it with Duke in the years leading up to that. Launched the business in 2010. uh, Grew very quickly in the collegiate space in the U.S., uh, by 2014, it had entered the pro space, so started the NFL, MLB, NBA, so on. Now work with the majority of those teams in North America. Yeah. And in my personal story, after kind of helping to grow Teamworks in the U.S., I decided it was time to take Teamworks International and serve athletes around the world. Mm-hmm. So I moved, uh, had to wait out a pandemic, but immediately when when borders opened, I moved over to Europe. I lived in Madrid for a while, lived in London mm-hmm. for a while and helped launch Teamworks into football, rugby, cricket, uh, all over that continent, hired our team in Australia. Uh, and so it's been a you know a, an incredible growth journey and um, just a lot of fun along the way. That's great. Um, and, and the comment you just made about the teams kind of work, the departments, right, working in silo, I'm still hearing that in, like, in certain leagues. Yep. Uh, even though uh, I know they're using some sort of communication platform like Teamworks, but in some leagues, I, I guess I'll just say it. For example, in the NFL, I've heard that sometimes the teams still operate in silo, right? So is that a fair statement? Yeah, well, I think it's human nature, right? We get 
kind of focused on uh, our lane or our functional responsibilities. And it's sometimes hard to pull back and see the, the big picture and the, the master strategy. Yeah. Uh, and really what we see in the industry, I've gone out and studied every other industry and how they've adopted tech, right? And Julian, you have some of this in your background, but I've looked at healthcare, I've looked at construction, I've looked at life sciences, and, and they follow a similar pattern. And usually as tech enters the space, two problems emerge. One, you have the silo problem in terms of people, yeah. everybody working in their own lane, not necessarily collaborating, communicating. And then you also have a, a silo problem around tech and data. And that's really where we are in sports today, where entrepreneurs have come up with great ideas. That's a good thing. New technologies have entered the space. New innovation has been applied. Teams have been consuming technology at an accelerating rate. That's yeah. all positive progress. But the result of that is we now have data in the sports performance system that doesn't talk to data in the medical system, that doesn't talk to our data set around hydration, around mental health, around nutrition. Mm -hmm. And what's happened in every other industry when we get to this point, an operating system comes in and starts to stitch all this together and says, we can't have 30 different fragmented vendors in our tech stack. It's time for an integrated solution. And that's really where sports is now. And that's, that's what Teamworks has set out to do. And you've heard the, that need from the teams, right? You have one common platform. Because I've heard like some teams are using sometimes, let's say three different platforms, right? Whether it's an AMS or communication platform, but that's going to be complex to manage, right? Yeah, well, and three is on the, the very low end, right? We, yeah. we typically see at least 20 different tech products or vendors on the team side alone, let alone the commercial side. Yeah. All, you know, there's a whole nother ecosystem surrounding the fan, but just surrounding the athlete, there's 20 to 30 different uh, vendors in play at any given point. So which means vendors, you mean platform or are you including as well, like wearable technology, GPS, cardio? All of the above, technology right. providers of any sort. Yep. And they um, have their own software, like for GPS, for cardio, for AMS, and they operate differently. Exactly. And some integrate better than others, some share data better than others, but the teams are often left to kind of pick up the pieces and figure figure out how do we how do we mash all this together. And yeah. I think you, you know that presents a, a business challenge for the teams different vendors, they've got to negotiate different rates, pricing isn't always transparent, but more importantly, we want to solve the, the challenge to the athletes, right? Athletes should not have 15 different apps on their phone for yeah. their athletic life. They should not be logging in to a number of different platforms. They shouldn't have a totally different UI experience in every tool that they use. Yeah. And so even just from the athlete's perspective alone, it's time for the industry to start streamlining. Yeah. So, uh, so thank you for that. So now how big is your company? How many employees do you have? How many customers do you guys serve today? Yeah, we're a little over 300 employees uh, spread all over the world. So initially starting here in, uh, on the East coast in Durham, North Carolina, we've got uh, quite a few in this area, but we're now a remote first company. So we've got folks all over the U S Europe, South America, APAC. Yeah. Um, in terms of our client base, we serve over 7,000 teams at this point. Yeah. Uh, again, across the collegiate space, uh, professional sports, yeah. uh, on uh, just about every continent. Okay. And so can you tell me a bit more about your product? So I know you've made a number of acquisitions, right? Not Mill, yeah. Nine is a great guy. Uh, you yeah. also acquired Smarterbase, right? Yep. Um, 
So how would you describe the portfolio products that you have? Yeah, so it, so it is a true operating system. So what we've done is said, let's look at the landscape of tech that surrounds players. Again, we don't we don't touch the fan side. There's a whole other landscape over there. But what touches our players day to day? And that encompasses uh, performance tech. That encompasses medical tech, uh, nutrition, operations, uh, branding, and NIL for our, our collegiate athletes. Yeah, and we've looked at what are the best tools on the market in those categories and said, if there's not a great tool available, we should probably build it. Yeah. If there is an entrepreneur who's brought a great uh, product to market, we want to acquire it or partner with it. Yeah. And so in stitching all that together, you know, I say we're, we're not one product. We are an ecosystem of products that make up the backbone of a team's tech stack. Okay. Now, what are the benefits, I guess, I, I think you already touched on that, but how would you say in a few sentences that the benefits for the teams and athletes to use your, I guess, portfolio products? Yeah, well, it's a couple of things. First is is digital transformation, right? How do we bring tech yeah. uh, to the table to address administrative tasks, things that are manual, things that are laborious, that yeah. take up our time, effort, and money, right? We want the human beings we hire to spend all their time doing what they are experts at. I don't. Yeah. I want a medical professional treating my players, not doing data entry, not doing yeah. paperwork. So first and foremost, we want to eliminate all the redundant tasks. Mm -hmm. Second, we want to create a centralized experience for players and staff and a centralized integrated tech stack. And that's really when you think about uh, what are we doing for this industry? Where are we leading this industry? That's it. We are taking an industry that has been historically extremely fragmented and incredibly siloed and stitching it together into one uh, operating system led model, as you've seen in healthcare and banking and construction and other industries. Uh, sports is a little bit behind those industries in this tech journey, but it's it's catching up incredibly quickly and we want to lead that charge. Okay. Now, how well would you summarize your competitive advantages? Because look, there's, you, you, I mean, you're competing against companies in different industries, right? That's the EMS, communication platforms. How, what would you say is your competitive advantage today? I think there's two two kind of areas where we think about competition. We think about um, in the big picture, we are competing against the status quo. We're competing against, again, uh, mashing together of a number of disparate solutions and a number of point solutions. And yeah. we think there the advantage is pretty clear, moving the industry toward a centralized, smoother experience, which brings prices down for consumers, yeah. for teams in this case but also just enhances the, you know, our mission is to serve the athlete. We want to enhance the athlete experience. That's what we'll do. Yeah. When you think about the individual product line level, when you think about our ecosystem, it's made up of products in a number of categories. And so mm -hmm. those products do have to compete against point solutions in those categories. So, you know, Notemail is the leader in athlete nutrition, but there are other entrepreneurs trying to do good work in the nutrition space. Yeah. And Notemail has its set of differentiators and, all the reasons why a team would choose Notemail over any other nutrition tool on the market. We think about that in each of our, our categories. Yeah. And if you have, let's say, a team or a national team that say, look, I'm already using a, an AMS platform, per se, right? But I love to use a communication platform. So are you flexible in that way, too? Yeah, that happens all the time. I mean, we, you know, we offer an elite bundle, which means all of our products centralized, integrated in one, one bundle. And we have a number of yeah. teams that 
will jump straight to that. But when I first meet a team, I advise them not to think about buying everything all at once because it's a lot to consume. And mm -hmm. it's a lot. We want to implement it right. We need to take our time and educate the staff and the players who are going to be using it. So it's actually more common that they say, maybe my first priority is to streamline my communication and my operations. Yeah. And then I need to layer on sports performance. And then I need to layer on nutrition. And then I want to layer on branding, marketing, and NIL. And so they'll actually consume our products in kind of a logical, um, uh, you know, strategic way instead of, you know, trying to eat the, the whole elephant in one bite. Yeah. Now, uh, going, I mean, you talk about Notmia, right? Another big company you acquired was Smartabase. And I think yeah. you teamed up with Kinduct recently. Yep. What was the rationale be, behind those acquisitional partnerships, I guess? Uh, well, we um, we believe strongly in the, the sports performance market. Uh, I think that's a, that was a no-brainer area that uh, we knew we could add value in. And what we did is went out, and, and this is true of every area where we've made an acquisition. Yeah. Uh, we went out and studied that part of the market. We studied all the tools that were there and not yeah. just tools that were directly providing AMS technology, but also all the wearables that they were integrated with, all the kind of adjacent partners. And our philosophy or our strategy is to partner with or acquire the best technology. So there might be companies with strong marketing, strong sales, other, you know, other advantages. But we look first and foremost at the tech because we view our job as bringing the best in class technology to the market. And so when we saw Smartabase, we looked at their tech. And of course, we talked to hundreds of our customers and said, mm -hmm. what do you love? What do you hate? Who, which vendors do you work with? You know, did the full analysis. Yeah. We heard consistently was Smartabase's tech is, is top notch. And quite frankly, their people, their sports scientists, just the, the brain power they had on their team was uh, made, made it an easy decision for us. So brought Smartabase into the Teamworks family, have been incredibly pleased with the results. And, uh, you know, our, our role is then to take that great technology and take it to the world. Okay. And so, our, you know, Smartabase was founded in Australia, had done great in that market, was starting to expand in Europe and in the U.S., we were able to accelerate that expansion dramatically and provide all of our customers with uh, the best best AMS in market. That makes sense. Now, before we get into the business model, because some team may not know uh, what's your business model, but you mentioned earlier about the uh, when you moved to Europe, right, to go to business. Yep. How important is Europe to you guys today? Uh, it's huge. Uh, I mean, the football market there alone is, yes. is enormous. Um, I think from a, you know, I look at too, rugby too. Rugby as well. No, I, and we've rugby's been great too. I mean, when I was in London, I, I yeah. fell in love with rugby. I think it's for any listeners who are not rugby fans, I think it's the most fun sport to watch live. Absolutely. Agree, yeah. Um, uh, so from a business opportunity perspective, the market's there. And when I say the market, it's really many different markets, right? Germany is not France, is not Spain, is not England, and and each of those needs to be approached in the in the right way. Yeah. Uh, but on the whole, the football market, the rugby market, the cricket market are all very real business opportunities. Um, from a mission perspective, you know, our mission is to serve elite athletes. And ultimately, we want to serve every elite athlete in the world. Right? And we have to be strategic about we can't do it all at once. We've got to be smart about what markets we enter when and how we use our resources. But, uh, you know, when you think about athletes across the Premier League, athletes across Premiership Rugby across La Liga, Bundesliga, 
Mm -hmm. the absolute best athletes in the world and we want to bring the best technology to them. Um, so that was an easy decision. And then, um, you know, from there, it just became a matter of what's the right strategy and what's the right approach and how do we do this in a way that, um, that serves the market, right. You know, I'm very conscious of being the American who shows up in a new market and uh, wanting to build relationships the right way, wanting to get to know the market. Um, you know, when we, when we first launched in the U.S. and we've tried to follow this model at every other market, so much of the first year of our business was just getting to know everybody, right? Sports is such a tight-knit, networked yeah. community. It's not a market where you can just hire a salesperson and start trying to ram your product into the market. That doesn't work, and yeah. it wouldn't feel good if I led that way. Um, so mm -hmm. for me, a lot of my role when I moved over to Europe was I just want to get to know everybody. I want to take people to dinner and have a drink and have a coffee and get to know what the challenges are, what the needs are. I want to know how is a Bundesliga club different than a Premier League club and what are their needs and, and how do those yeah. needs differ? Um, so that was a lot of my uh, my role there. Now, uh, that, that reminds me of a friend of mine who told me, people are going to work with you if they like you. And that's, that, that always stayed with me in my head even for us, for our platform, right? It's all about re relationships. Um, yes. So now when you went into Europe, right, you got into the Bundesliga, you got into the Premier League, what was your strategy as far as localization, right? Because you got different in laws, labor laws and all those things. So how do you incorporate that into, for example, your communication platform? Yeah, so we, um, we think about this on two fronts. We think about it on the people front, employment, and we think about it on the product front. Yeah. Um, from the people from we've hired people all over now and so you know of course you've got to know the uh, the legalities then the the employment law in each each different territory and um yeah. and that just comes with being like in, gdpr yeah. is huge in europe gdpr is yeah. gdpr yep and so our from a product perspective you know i think the the legal piece is a known quantity right gdpr has to be managed correctly uh, every different region in the world is going to have their own governing laws. We have to know them inside and out. Mm -hmm. We have to, and, you know, fortunately our, our product has been, you know, tested by top teams around the world. So, you know, the, uh, top teams in the NFL and MLB and NBA have already, uh, kind of put the, the product through the ringer and set the standard really high. So by the time that we entered new markets, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't much lift from a, security perspective, the product yeah. security had already been built out, where I really focused was, does the product need to adapt to the needs of the market? And mm -hmm. what we found is that from one sport to another and one region to another, sporting mm -hmm. operations are 95% the same. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, as much as every sport looks a little different on the surface, ultimately moving a team from this city to that city to play a match, yeah. coordinating, communicating, looks relatively similar in every market mm -hmm. where you see differences are um just the the functional way that a sport operates right when you think about uh european football we have international breaks we have academy systems we need to think about kids under 18 how we're managing them how we're managing their parents when you think about um, american sport an nfl team travels once a week mm -hmm. they play on the weekend they come back uh versus a major league baseball team or a hockey team might go on a road swing. They might play three games in one city, move on to the next city, play three more, move on from there. So when you think about our operational tools, like our, our travel pool in particular, 
that mm-hmm. had to be adapted to, to meet the needs of, of different sports. But I'd say that's really that last 5%. And that's where getting to know the market and really understanding. I want, when I start working with a team, I want them to feel like I know their world inside and out. And this product was built for them. I would never mm-hmm. want a German football club to feel like, oh, this feels like a Spanish football club. Yeah. Right. I want it to feel like, you know, even though you have the expertise of working with teams in all different sports all over the world, I want it to feel like, man, this was built for the Bundesliga. Yeah, I think it's a great it's a great strategy because they feel like you really understand the culture and the specificities of the leagues, right? And the sports. That's right. Well, and that's honestly it's why we hire so many people out of sport, right? There are plenty of people from different industries with great expertise, but I can hire someone who's been an athlete, who's been a coach, who has worked in that environment. They have a different gut instinct. They have a different level of knowledge about what's going on behind the scenes that they can bring to the table. Well, just like when we, you know, with our platform, right? What I always do is I go to front of my friends in the NBA or the NFL, and and sometimes I have a conviction of what I we should be doing. But then when you go and talk to people in the industry, they'll tell you, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. That's right. Well, so I think that helps tremendously, right? To get feedback from people who've been there, right? Already there. Absolutely. So, and we've um, been, you know, we've been really fortunate that our our early partners in every market have have been the right early partners, right? They're, they're partners who have given us feedback, who have let us in behind the scene, right? I like to just walk the halls of a of a club and understand who's interacting with who and how things yeah. are getting done and where things get slowed down and where people get frustrated and right that that level of access and visual experience is what helps you form a gut instinct around uh, where we need to go and what needs to happen. Yeah, for sure. Now, could you, for the teams, right? Because there might be some teams who are not familiar with Teamworks happens, right? Even though you work with, I think you said 6,000 teams or something like that. So how would you summarize your business model? Sure. So we're, we're a vertical SaaS company, which, which means we, um, we deliver software across you know, thousands of clients um, with a degree of, of um, configuration and customizability for each client. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, from a from an investment perspective, it's a you know annual license, pretty traditional SaaS uh, delivery. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, obviously, you made some acquisition, right, uh, in the past few months. So, what are your plans for the next twelve months? To continue with acquisitions, obviously, to launch some new features, to expand in some new markets, new sports. I mean, you mentioned cricket, right? I was just amazed that. You know, they are watching, there was one, over 100,000 people in a cricket stadium, right? And I know there's like over 600 million people watching cricket in India every time. Um, so what are your plans for the next 12 months? Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. We've got a lot, uh, a lot on tap. From a product perspective, you're going to continue to see us double down on integrations. Um, you'll continue to see announcements about the acquisitions we've made being more fully integrated into the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And you will see more acquisition and partnership announcements. We're going to continue to uh, build out the the ecosystem with the best products on the market. Um, from a market perspective, uh, we're continuing to grow. We have we have a lot more work to do in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. We're excited about that. Cricket is a big frontier for us. You're going to see us active in India. You'll see us active in in South Africa. Um, so those yeah. are some new regional territories that we're excited to spin up. Um, and then outside of you know individual sports, uh, it's just about going deeper in every market, and it's about saying, okay, hey, um, uh, you know, NFL. We work with all but four teams at this point. 
Mm-hmm. But as we bring new products into the ecosystem or we partner with existing products on the market, how do we accelerate our pace in bringing those to the entire NFL, to the entire NBA, MLB, NHL, so on? So um, in the markets where you know we're already deeply penetrated and have deep relationships with the clubs, now it's about how do we advise them on their tech strategy and bring those best of best of class products to them? And so that's a lot of the conversations I'm having now with CEOs, COOs, CTOs, GMs, sporting directors is let's talk about your five-year vision. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your 10-year vision. It's not about, hey, buy this product now to solve this one minor problem. Yeah. It's about let's let's build your tech strategy and let's think about what's coming, right? How do we, you know, we don't know exactly what AI is going to be doing five years mm-hmm. from now, but we can start building some assumptions and educated guesses around it and start to think about what does that mean for our club? How do we how do we get ahead of this curve instead of being responsive to it and reactive to it? Um, so that that's a lot of the, the conversations I'm having now. That's great. Now, one thing I forgot to ask you is: so we're very now. I'm a big believer in women's teams, women's athletes, right? Nine yep. percent of the research globally are focusing on women's athletes. That's just way not enough, right? Yep. That's why we have a podcast with some Olympic athletes and teams and so on. Are women's team a, co- a focus for you as well? Of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, forgetting about the um, the importance of women's sport in society, just from a yes. business perspective alone, there's a huge opportunity that we don't want to miss out on. And I, yeah. you see increased investment. I think people's eyes are really open to there's going to be a lot of growth here and, and we want to be a part of it. Uh, you know, for me personally, I grew up I grew up in a family of athletes. Mm-hmm. But the best athletes in my family were my mom and my sister. And so I grew up around women's sports. So for me, I don't really see women's sports as a different thing because my favorite athlete was my sister. She was way better, way more athletic than me. And every, you know, any ball she picked up, she mm-hmm. was a natural. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily see a, a distinction there. What I see is an opportunity. And I think that any company would be, would be dumb to miss out on it. Um, sure. so we're, yeah. we're already very active with women's teams in European football yeah. Very active in the NWS. So some of our best use cases are in the NWSL. That that league is really doing a great job. Yeah, just in the in their you know their management, their use of technology. Um, I think you know in some senses the leagues that are newer that um, are fast growing. They almost have a little more permission to break the rules than to get out of the like. Well, this is the way we've always done it. Complacency. Yeah. I think the NWSL is a good example of that where they're saying, let's, let's be aggressive. Let's try new things. Let's lean into technology. Let's be innovative. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we're also seeing more funding, right? The FIFA uh, launched a new project around uh, women's health, right? And then after the World Cup uh, in Australia and New Zealand, uh, the uh, New Zealand government invested in $200 million, right? $200 million towards, uh, uh, you know, women's team and research. Yep. And then the WNBA, right? Or should say the NBA. Uh, is not looking for technology for for WNBA team, right? So uh, it's definitely more. It's happening now, but we need to accelerate that. I think. Absolutely. Uh, so hey, so what's the best way for people to reach out to you? If a team is listening to the podcast, what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, sure. So Teamworks.com has all the information on us as a company and the the products that we brought to market. Yeah. Uh, me individually, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, frequently posting there about trends in sports tech trends in sports in general, feel free to follow me there or reach out directly. Okay, great. Well, look, we are, we're at the end of the podcast, but I want to thank you for your time today and 
and good luck with your plans. Thank you, Julian. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To access past episodes and other research, articles, and analysis of sports technology, please visit our website, theupside.us. Subscribe to the Upside newsletter and receive full access to our sports tech business letter and website. Royalty-free music is provided by ibaudio.com. The Upside podcast provides timely insights and interviews with global leaders in sports technology. Until next time, keep looking to the Upside.